Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good afternoon, Paige. Good afternoon, Mom. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. How's your day going? Uh, okay. You're being very productive today. I suppose so. Well, I'm very happy about you being productive because you're cleaning the house, which makes me super happy. So um, Paige and I are very lucky to have uh, Lauren Hodge, uh, PhD, here with us. And so um, I'm just going to pass it off to Lauren to give her own bio for us. Yes, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Um, so I am a behavioral scientist by training. My research experience is in the field of psychology and uh, behavior change and implementation science. So I've kind of combined these three things to um, develop and use my experience to develop a program on burnout, which is what I do now. So I am a burnout prevention and stress management coach, and um, I support professionals and parents to prevent and overcome burnout so that they can thrive in their daily lives. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, you did that much better than I could have. Um, so um, we ask all of our guests the same few questions. And so I will pass that on to Paige to, to ask those for you. Okay. okay. Um, what is something you can't go a day without doing? So I love this question. I'm sure there are a number of things I can't go a day without doing, but definitely managing my schedule and prioritizing my most important project for the day. I do this weekly and then I do it daily. And I usually actually have to cut out half of the things that I have in my calendar each day because I tend to overestimate what I can take on during the day. So it's definitely for me about like scheduling and prioritizing my calendar um, with my tasks for the day. So I totally have a follow-up question for that. So <clears throat> as somebody with ADHD, how do you figure out what you're going to prioritize for a day? Because that's always a question people bring to me as a coach. Yeah, I ask myself the question, what is my number one task or priority that's going to move this needle forward and whatever it is that I'm working on. So usually every three months, I kind of have an idea of the goals I want to accomplish. And that helps me stay on task uh, to know like, what do I need to complete today to get me closer to that goal. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And it that's kind of helps impressive. me stay on a routine. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Thank you. It helps me stay on routine and like not get so overwhelmed. Although the overwhelm happens, but it helps reduce that when I can say, okay, this is my one thing. That's all I can do. And if I can do more, great. But it, it seems to help me with that overwhelm feeling. Awesome. Okay. Um, what habits have you found that helps your brain the most? For me, that's 
really having a strong uh, sleep routine and sleeping, making sure I get in eight hours of sleep. Sometimes it's seven and a half hours, but really eight hours is like the sweet spot for me. If I can get that amount of sleep every day, I know I can accomplish all the other things that I have um, going on. And then with that comes a whole re- like sleep routine that I have to kind of go through. Sleep is so huge. There's like no hack for sleeping. I was just having this conversation yesterday with a new client because he's like, I get like four hours of sleep. He's a high school student. And I was like, oh, dude, that's not okay. Yeah, so, that so- used to be me. That's actually how I learned the importance of sleep was four years of telling myself that, oh, no, four hours of sleep is fine. Like I can do this on four hours of sleep, thinking that it's all about mindset and you know, all that we know about the importance of sleep, like overrides my theory that I only needed four hours. And eventually I crashed. Eventually I had to take a really long break because I just wasn't my, you know, recovering after, you know, working long hours and four hours of sleep just doesn't do it. So I understand the thinking that it might work, but now I know the other side of that. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Um, what are you most excited about today? Oh, um, I don't, I think like these, these types of interactions and doing these interviews make me really excited and, um, they like bring me so much joy kind of meeting and speaking to like-minded people, given that, um, you know, we're talking about neurodiversity and ways to support people because, I know before having Sheila as my ADHD coach, I was pretty lost and on how to uh, have like which routines of mine were actually about ADHD and which of them are, you know, not really kind of necessary. So anyways, having these discussions with like-minded people help kind of center me and give me a lot of aha moments about things that I'm doing or not doing that could be really useful for ADHD people. Awesome. Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you here as well. So um, you were saying that really what you're coaching around right now is um, prevention and management of burnout. So what's your definition for burnout? Well, to me, burnout is this feeling of um, when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained and unable to keep up with the like constant demands that are happening in life. And it's really a form of exhaustion that's caused by just constantly feeling swamped. It's almost like you're not able to kind of get control of your schedule and all the things that are happening. And so you get, have this ongoing emotional, physical, and mental stress. Um, and it's often related, um, it can be for parents, like parents can get burnt, be burnt out from like their tasks at home. But for me, uh, personally, it was job related and not understanding the factors that from the workplace end of things and setting boundaries that can lead to that. And also not understanding what I needed to do to take care of. I wasn't really in the rhythm with my like personal needs, basically. So that's kind of the definition is that overwhelmed, emotionally drained, unable to keep up with the constant demands kind of feeling. 
Awesome. Um, I think you just said our like favorite word that we've mentioned in every single episode, which is boundaries. Oh yeah. I think we've mentioned that for just about every episode we've done. Boundaries are so important. Having your own boundaries, making them clear, and then really sticking to them. Oh, 100%. That's what I learned for sure. Absolutely. Um, So how specifically does, or how have you seen in your own experience or in in others that you've been working with, how um, does burnout relate to neurodiversity? Well, it's interesting. Um, I can see how... For me personally, how having ADHD makes me more prone to burnout uh, because I can hyper focus and um, I can almost lose sight of what's realistic uh, to take on. And so for me, it's one, it's learning like what my, who, what I need and like what my boundaries are. So that those things are so associated. It's like, what do I need to function and um, to be at my best. And it's the eight hours of sleep exercise, some form of like movement and sweating during the week um, to, you know, work out or exercise and um, a lot of other different like scheduling related uh, kind of needs that I have. So learning that um, is helps me kind of complete the work that I need to complete, but also I'm learning what is possible to complete in a week and to say no and to like have really strict boundaries with, okay, Lauren, remember, like you feel like you can complete this much, which is probably true when I'm hyper-focusing, but on times when it's maybe something that I'm not so thrilled about or not so excited to work on, I'm not hyper-focusing. I can't do that amount of work in like that small amount of time. So it's kind of learning um, what is important to, to say yes to and what's important to say no to for sure. Great. Saying no is definitely a problem for a lot of people with neurodiversity, right? They tend to be real perfectionists or real people pleasers. So how have you drawn that line to figure out what's a no? I've done a few different things. So one of them is actually going through figuring out my needs knowing that it's eight hours of sleep exercise at 7am. So it's like keeping to my routine, even on the mornings where I'm like, Oh, I really could sleep in uh, or, you know, when I, and sometimes I do allow myself to sleep if I haven't had any, if I can't sleep in the night and I have difficulty sleeping, I give myself whatever time I need to, to get to sleep in basically but to schedule it in my calendar. So I actually have like time in my calendar for sleep, time in my calendar for exercise, time for breaks during the day. And then I can schedule the rest. And that allows me to say, okay, Lauren, like you already have your priority for today. So you you can't say yes to anything else today. Um, for example, even today I had an offer to go to a meeting. Um, it was like at 1 p.m., which would normally probably for the average person be okay. But to know, knowing that I also in the afternoon had this podcast um, interview, I made sure that I am like, okay, I have this one priority. If I try to over schedule, I'll probably be late getting home. And then there'll be these other things, you know, and I'm just be really kind of fatigued. So I try to 
to really keep it down to that, to schedule things out in blocks and whatever doesn't fit in that just doesn't fit in instead of me trying to wedge in all these other things. Right. So like, um, a lot of my clients really don't, you know, ADHD typically doesn't understand time, right? There's that huge yeah. time blindness thing, right? right? So when you're, your focus, I mean, it sounds like you've mentioned it a bunch of times is your schedule and prioritizing your schedule and really going through and spacing them out. So how do you know how much time to give yourself for, for these, your priorities? Yeah. That's a good question. Well, I, I kind of start with the sleep, knowing I need eight hours and yep. knowing, so I have this really talk about boundaries, boundaries around my, um, my nighttime routine. And that usually starts like two hours before I go to bed. And I know I need the two hours of like wind down. So basically I set the temperature in my house to 67 to like signal to my body that it's time to start to rest. Like I have blackout curtains, which are actually pulled right now in my living room, but I have them also in my bedroom, which black out the light and um, 50% of the sound. And nice. so I have those, I pull those shut. I have my lamp, like my lamp beside my bed on and I read. Now I will be the first to admit that sometimes my phone does make it into the bedroom and I'm like on social media and that's the word. That's the one thing I know I have to then put it outside. Like if I'm like, Oh wow, how did I wind up sitting here <laughs> on my phone scrolling? So I make sure I like leave the phone outside the room. The nights where I don't get the sleep I need are the nights where the phone is in the room with me. Mm. That's for sure. So that's where I know I have to start there scheduling with the two hours before bedtime, getting that, that ready, I have my book beside my bed so that I'm reading instead of scrolling. And um, then, you know, I have an eight hour chunk of sleep. And then I know I have a one hour chunk for exercise after that. And I actually try to put 30 minutes. Now, this is just me, but I put 30 minutes in between each task after that during the day because I need, ideally, I'm not task switching too often because transitioning is not good. I don't do well with like transitioning between major tasks, like major projects. Right. I'm really focusing on the priority item, but I put these 30 minute brackets in between so that it gives me time to wrap up that action and moved on to the next thing. So I put a lot of space, a lot of space in my schedule. Yeah, that's and great. I think and that really gives you, right. That really gives you like transition out of an activity and transition into a new activity. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And knowing that I'm, like you said, ADHD people are not great with identifying the amount of time it takes. So if I do the 30 minutes on each end, then that gives me a bit of buffer for yeah. the extra pieces. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> how do you, this just made me think of this. So um, I have another client who also reads to go to sleep. I read to go to sleep too, but she's, she was like, it really depends on the book. Sometimes the book is like so engaging, but men like, <laughs> I was like, well, what are you reading? So she was reading like mystery thrillers. And I was like, yeah, maybe not a great option. Right. So how do you pick a book that's like, 
interesting enough that you want to read it, but not so interesting that it's going to keep you up reading all night? Uh, that's a good question. I guess I hadn't thought about this, uh, the fact that I probably do this, but I read similar to the types of movies that I choose to, to watch, like rom-coms or things that are kind of like mindless. Right. Okay. That yeah. don't require me to like engage heavily, but that I enjoy the storyline. Um, right. yeah, I try not to read like self-help books because I'm really into that. So I guess it's trying to, yeah, you're right. It's about picking the thing that you can still stay engaged in, but it's not too engaging for your brain. Right. Exactly. Um, I used to have another client a long time ago who used to print out technical manual manuals for oh. stuff she did not own. And that's what she would go to sleep because she really had a hard time falling asleep. And so yeah. she needed something that was like truly, really boring. And that would really, truly be boring. Um, yeah, it something like that. Basically, I found a couple books that are too engaging and I'll have to like put those in the pile for like maybe read while I'm on the beach or something. But uh, it seems right. that rom-coms work for me. Awesome. That's sort of what I read at night too. Um, so it's not, doesn't really matter if I fall asleep reading it and I always go back. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. so what is some of your like top tips to help people prevent, um, burnout? Uh, so one of the first things that I get really clear with clients on is, and we've kind of touched on this a, a a couple of times about needs, like what are their needs for them to be able to function at their best? We talk about like, I would call them like self-care habits and they might be things like um, time with community or friends. Um, so it could be any, an exercise, maybe meditation and those types of things. Um, so we get really clear on what they need to, to function at their best. And then we go from there and set boundaries around that, which sounds like a big discussion that you've had too. So like, those are the first two sessions is how do we now like communicate those boundaries? How do we set boundaries and where are you at with setting boundaries? Uh, and then it's really about like, kind of practicing doing those things within um their schedule to see what, how that fits with like their rhythm of life. Cause sometimes you can say, okay, I want to work out and exercise every morning. And then you realize, um, that's not possible. Like it's better for me to do this at 4 PM or 5 PM or whatever, uh, because of your schedule. So it's being kind of flexible within that, but making a commitment to, to trying out, um, uh, different habits and routines. And then I think the most important thing and I will always probably think this is the most important thing, but is to get a routine around sleep and to really look at what that looks like and to kind of focus in on saying, okay, if we're going to prioritize one thing every month, um, let's start here with like getting clear on what's important for you, setting boundaries around it. And one of those top things, um, if they are important to them, which I think by the time we like, I've worked with them on one session, I go through all of the, uh, I guess the risks of not getting enough sleep that that's usually one of the top priorities is getting a routine around that because it really, um, can affect so many things. Like I think around not just cognition, but mood, um, 
And yeah, I mean, I've had so many days where, you know, if I haven't, if I've only had like four hours of sleep and I don't know if you guys can relate, but where I can just, you know, I'd be like a sobbing mess. <laughs> I like the one thing comes up that like, isn't working out and I'm like crying in the corner. So, you know, and I think that's oftentimes for people who are burnt out, that is a common uh, symptom is like emotional regulation gets really hard. Absolutely. I'm just a huge grump huge grump if I need to sleep well yeah exactly it's like I'm just off Paige is nodding nobody can see it but Paige is nodding (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. right um so how do you help your clients um like make that commitment Mm, that's a really good question I mean to like say it to you in a conversation is pretty easy Sure, I work out every morning, but you know, like whether or not that happens, especially if you didn't sleep well or, you know, it's really cold. I mean, not not now, at least not where we are and not where you live. It's not cold. But, you know, like in January, it's a little harder to get up and work out at 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. Yeah. than it is, you know, in the summer. Yeah. So we work through kind of, once we work through like what's important to them, then making the commitment is up to them. So they decide which things they want to focus on um, each month that we're working together. And they also have the opportunity to change that up. So they might decide that, you know, this isn't really working for me because I, you know, it's cold and it's wintertime and I need to do this in the afternoon, or maybe I only need to exercise three days a week, not seven or, you know, (laughs) just making sure that they know that we can work through that, like whatever it is, the goal that they've set and like starting, starting small. So if the goal is to exercise, it's like, let's just first look at like if you're trying to do yoga at home like maybe we start with just getting that yoga mat out and then you know having five minutes dedicated to stretching and then maybe it's having 10 minutes dedicated to looking at one like a video at home um if it's going to the gym it could be just showing up at the gym and really James Clear talks about this with Atomic Habits in his book, Atomic Habits, of doing just 1% more each week. And each time you set that habit, just aiming for like 1% more than what you have been doing. And eventually 1%, you know, 365 days later, you're doing the thing that you want to do more consistently instead of setting the goals too big, which I know as an ADHD person, I, I do like big goals. Big goals really excite me. Um, and they get me like going. So I have to remind myself of that too, like starting small and it's okay to, to not do this thing seven days a week. It's okay to have like a three day a week, um, plan. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Three day a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I started a workout routine in May. I'd really let things go. So I started one in May. So I just did like one of those like 30 day app challenge things. Right. But I kept it going. So now I'm doing like 200 crunches, a hundred pushups and a hundred leg lifts and four one minute planks. 
but now I'm only doing it like twice a week and I've worked in some other exercises, right? So like on other days I do other things, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to go work out for like two hours. I work out for like 20 minutes. Great. Right? That's <laughs> Which awesome. seems like really reasonable, right? Because yes. working out for like an hour isn't going to work for my schedule, right? So you got to also make it fit your life, right? I'll also put a link to that book that you mentioned, Atomic Habits, um, in the notes. Yeah, it is a good book. Um, so what other kinds of tips do you have for people? Would like um, your top tips. I would say, so with um, transitions, like especially for ADHD people who are experiencing burnout, is to like, I, I generally try to have a plan around knowing um, when I can focus best. So I, and on what activities. And for me, like the more complex the activity, I do that better closer to my waking time. Mm -hmm. So if I go to the gym, then, you know, I shower and I get right onto those activities and I try to, to chunk them into either 25 or 50 minute intervals. And, um, knowing when I focus best allows me to kind of get the most out of my day. Cause then in the afternoon, when my brain is probably like starting to relax a little bit more, I can do more creative tasks like, um, podcast interviews or writing and those yeah. type, like the fun kind of writing. Um, maybe <laughs> if I'm like writing an article, it might be different, like a research article, but, um, more writing for, uh, a blog or something like that I can do in the afternoon. And I think this is actually really interesting. The next tip that I would say I learned um, from you, Sheila, about the importance of how it can be really helpful for an ADHD person to have a body double. And mm -hmm. I feel this helps with my, with burnout too, because um, one, it's good. I do this thing called focus mate and yeah. focus is, is like you've heard of this it has like have. five to 50 minute interval blocks where you block out time and you have your a body double there which is somebody basically present on the screen right. and they hold you accountable to um completing your tasks so you have 30 seconds at the beginning of your focus mate session to check in with this body double to say this is the task i'm going to complete in this 25 or 50 minute interval and then you check in at the very end for 30 seconds each to say if you completed the task. So it gives you body double accountability and you've named your task. And that's a huge relief, I think, for someone who's burnout because oftentimes like just getting started on tasks is really difficult. And it makes you name like what is my one priority for now, mm -hmm. um, you know, instead of being able to be scattered, that's kind of been a saving grace for me. And you taught me about body doubles and how mm -hmm. important that that can be to have just someone present, even Absolutely. if they are online. Um, right. For sure. I mean, things have definitely become a little different post COVID. Right. But like everybody with their laptop at Starbucks is using everybody else at Starbucks with their laptop as a body double. Right. And yeah. I think Focusmate is just really good for like people who live alone and work from home, right? Mm -hmm. Because if there's nobody else there with you, right, then that that gets really hard, right? Sometimes to exactly. find a body, body double because, you know, I have some 
<clears throat> clients that will use friends that will just like, but they're, they don't have jobs where they're like on calls, like conference calls or anything, right? They're just like, like one of my clients, just like he edits all day long. <laughs> it's wow. really hard sometimes, right? So sometimes he'll like Zoom with a friend for a few hours to like really get them going into it. But body doubling is huge for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I tried to do it with friends and I could never find, I couldn't find somebody who I could do it consistently with mm. or who would definitely show up at the times <laughs> that I needed. So I was like, okay, we're going to have to, I mean, focus me also is only like $5 a month. So I, yeah, I can not, handle that. It's not a crazy expensive thing. Yeah, it is super not, helpful exactly. for sure. And yeah. in a cafe, I do, I have like a list of cafes that I know I can go to. And like you awesome. said, that's like the same idea. Sometimes you got to get out. All right. So um, what else? Um, I would say those are kind of the main things. And then okay. scaling back often is the only other thing. I mean, I think I kind of mentioned that at the beginning is knowing what I can take on, mm-hmm. putting it into the calendar. And then oftentimes like having to cut things um, based on where I'm at at the beginning of the week try to do that at the beginning of the week, but sometimes it gets down to the day and I'm like, how do I have 10 things in my calendar today? Like, how did this happen? So how do you handle that whole idea of like, oh, I planned my week to do these 20 things and I only got seven of them done, right? Like that negative brain bias brain often goes to like, well, then I'm such a failure because I didn't get done the other 13 things I said I was going to do. How do you... How do you handle that? Or how do you coach people around handling that who have that issue? So usually I, I recommend that anyone that I work with at the end of their day, no matter what, ask themselves this like question. It's kind of like a series of questions. One of them is what did I learn today? So that's like in taking a challenge and turning it around. Cause usually we would have had some challenge that day that we needed to learn from. And then what was my win of the day? And your win of the day allows you to see like, even though I wanted to complete 500 things, this thing was got finished. Like I ticked this off the list. So like your win of the day, ending your day on that, your work day on that kind of helps, helps me transition. And from the feedback I'm getting from my clients is it helps them transition into, okay, I did something and then the rest will have to wait for tomorrow. Because I agree, I think it's easy to um, get kind of, yeah, that negative feedback to yourself around like, oh gosh, we're not anywhere closer to where we need to be, but really definitely finish at least something that day. Right. Everybody finishes something Something. usually, right? Um, But it is, it is a a big struggle for some some of my clients or some people um, just to say like, Oh, but I had planned this and I only got this little bit done, mm. but just, you know, getting a little bit done every day still has progress, right? So you're still moving forward, right? Yeah. And I awesome. think it's interesting too, when you think about that, because um, if that is also how it's easy to get caught up in the not finishing work and just continuing thinking, okay, I just need to finish these five more tasks. I just need to finish four more tasks and then I have like earned my break or earned my sleep or whatever, which 
then it starts this downward spiral of it messes up your sleep schedule, probably not going to exercise the next day if you're continuing to do this. So it helps you kind of, um, I guess, carve out time to reflect so that you can just finish the day off and move on the following day. Because I know I've been caught up in that cycle of like, well, okay. Even that idea of you need to earn a break is um, super yeah. dangerous. That's a slippery slope right there, right? Yeah, definitely. For I think sure. that relates probably to perfectionism, which would be mm-hmm. for burnout people. Uh, yeah, definitely. Of like working through the, you get a break because you're human and right. you're, you're allowed a break no matter what. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes breaks are just really good because you come back with fresh eyes or a new perspective or you see something you didn't see before. Like sometimes breaks are more helpful than to try to plug away at something. I agree. Great. Um, any last thoughts? Um, I think that those are the kind of the main tips that I would give for awesome. burnout and the main things that I can think of. Cool. Um how can people reach you? So you can find me on my website. It's drlaurenhodge.com. And um, you'll find all out all about the burnout program flow that I, I have it pulled up right here. It's a beautiful website and I will link it to the description um, right. page. Do you have any last thoughts, ideas? No. Do you like your tips? What tip yeah. did you like the best page? I liked them all. You liked them all. I liked them all. Awesome. Um, great. So um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks I, uh, for having me. It's great to catch up. Absolutely. Nice um, cool. So Paige, you want to say goodbye? Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at thendtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to theneurodiversetoolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.